Pull yourself up a chair and join us at the Energy Roundtable. Welcome to Energy Roundtable. On this week, we have a special uh, topic. We're talking about the uh, updated, finally released, two-year-late uh, Canadian federal budget. Uh, I have my leftover Easter uh, chocolate ready and a coffee. I'm ready to go. Uh, Lisa, why don't you lead us in? This was your idea to spend most of our roundtable talking about this. So set, yeah. the, uh, set the proverbial table for us, will you? Yeah, no, thanks, Matt. So yeah, I wanted to, normally we do, you know, two or four articles really between the two of us, I guess. And, um, you know, obviously with the release of this budget, it's huge. Um, I mean, there's a, it's, you know, there's a lot more to it than I think what we're going to cover today in the sense that we're going to try and keep it maybe a little more energy focused. So uh, closer in discussion to the 17.6 billion specifically um, that they're suggesting uh, and from a, a spending perspective. But the article for people uh, and, and, you know, in case they want to look it up, it's titled. Lisa, before we jump in, can we just give a shout out that this is uh, Canada's first budget uh, mm. released by a woman? I think that's amazing. I think it's. Uh, oh, yes. Very, yeah. Regardless of where you are on the uh, political spectrum, the fact that Minister Freeland was the first uh, female uh, minister of finance and, uh, you know, brought that to the table. Some people might say she's the real prime minister in this country, but we'll leave that. <laughs> Regardless, uh, cool that uh, that's a milestone to, to celebrate. So anyways, tee up the article for us and let's dive right in. No, great point, Matt. So the uh, the article is titled, uh, Liberal Climate Plan Got Greener to Tune of $17.6 Billion. Uh, it is from the Toronto Star by, uh, and the author is Alex uh, Balling Ballingall. But uh, I'm going to actually be referring to a couple of different documents here. We actually get consulted by Sussex Strategy, so I'm going to be referring to some of the stuff that's in that, uh, as well as um, you know a lot of what really the 17.6 billion dollars covers. So how do you how do you want to go about doing this today, Matt? Do you want me to kind of list off some of what the article talks about in terms of what the 17.6 billion is uh, going to be covering, or uh, what what are your thoughts there? Yeah, give, give us some anecdotes and we can uh, maybe we can pull them apart one at a time. Sure. So uh, I guess the, the first one here is that Ottawa will give businesses a tax credit for carbon capture, utilization and storage projects. Uh, then Ottawa's planning to issue its first green bond to raise $5 billion in the current fiscal year to fund infrastructure, clean tech and conservation projects. Uh, the budget's also aimed at reducing emissions from residential buildings with a $4.4 billion program to provide homeowners and landlords with interest-free loans of $40,000 for deep home retrofits. So that, just for clarity, is to include better insulation, energy-efficient furnaces, water tanks, solar panels, and you know, new windows, things like that. That only applies to deep homes, right? It doesn't apply to shallow <laughs> homes. <laughs> That's right. That's correct. And then um, it includes a $1.4 billion, uh, sorry, $1.4 billion over five years for wildfire mitigation projects, improved stormwater systems, and the restoration of wetlands and shorelines. Hmm. Uh, there's $3.4 billion over the next five years to protect more of Canada's land and oceans in order to achieve the government's goal of placing 25% of it under official conservation by 2025. And then, of course, this uh, this new plan will also increase the national minimum carbon price to $170 per ton of emissions by 2030, 
which of course we covered off a couple of weeks ago when the Supreme Court of Canada deemed it constitutional to impose that from a federal perspective across the provinces. So, and there's actually a lot more. This is just from the article that I listed uh, from the Toronto Star. Uh, you know, in addition to that, there's stuff that falls out of this energy realm, like childcare and agriculture and um, air travel and things like that. Um, mm. But there's a lot just to cover in the end. Yeah, yeah. So let's take those one by one. So the first one was this. It was a tax credit for carbon capture and utilization. Utilization. Is, that's right. Yep. And and does it give any mechanics in terms of how that works? Like, what is the tax credit? Is it a uh, basically just says projects that uh, negate emissions by drawing carbon from the atmosphere with the aim of increasing Canada's annual carbon capture from four megatons to fifteen megatons? But that's that's actually all the article states. It's a pretty short article, but it, it gives a it does give a pretty good summary of uh, you know what what's being covered by the seventeen point six billion. My sense is that this one is is. Um, one of the biggest, like, so carbon capture, I think five years ago, was like, well, you, that's a pipe dream. Uh, that's not going to happen. I think the technology is maturing and it's what we, because there's a lot of processes that we, we can't get away from, right? You know, um, we talk about, you know, oil and gas and driving our cars, but that's not the only place that oil and gas derivatives go to. So, you know, uh, your glasses are made of plastic. You know, there's all these derivatives that come, you know, from oil and gas that we're always going to need. Um, and so we're always going to emit carbon. You know, we can't totally get away from it. How do we capture it? And I think what's interesting structurally is that uh, a tax credit, I think, will this is a, this is a nod, I think, to the, the, the oil and gas patch to acknowledge we're always going to admit it. We better capture it. And the tax credit allows people to, you know, put it against, um, you know, their it, it, tax credits are only good if you're paying taxes, which are only only apply when you're making money. Right. And so for developers or people who are building projects, it doesn't make whereas people who are spending um, spending money to make money or are already making money like oil and gas, especially with the price of oil going up. I think I hope this will be, you know, really provide traction to them and, and really incentivize. So the carbon capture one is. And you've maybe had more exposure to carbon capture than I have, but that's an exciting one, I think. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's very exciting. And and just because we're on the topic of you know gas, uh, natural gas, I, I don't know if you if you've read or seen this yet, but um, basically what they're planning to also do as part of this program is expand class forty three point one and forty three point two of the accelerated capital cost allowance, and that's actually going to cover. We'll call it well. There's a whole slew of technologies here. I'll name a couple of off, a couple off. Um, electricity generation equipment that uses physical barriers or dam-like structures to harness the kinetic energy of flowing water. Uh, there's yeah. There's equipment used to produce solid and liquid fuels. For so, for example, wood pellets and renewable diesel from specified waste material or carbon dioxide. So I'm assuming that that's going to cover potentially. You know, AD facilities, maybe from landfill or wastewater treatment plants or organics. Um, there is a broad range of equipment used for the production of hydrogen by electrolysis of water. The equipment and equipment used to dispense hydrogen for use in hydrogen-powered automotive equipment and vehicles. So I give all that a thumbs up because I think expanding the class is great. Um, what I was a little bit disappointed with, though, not sure if you, you I've, I've heard this. Case, I've heard this rumor, you know? but confirm it. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, they're uh, proposing the removal of certain fossil fuel related items from the uh, capital cost allowance, which include 
fossil fueled enhanced combined cycle systems. So they've further defined that by a uh, gas generating equipment for which more than one quarter of the total fuel energy input is from fossil fuels determined on an annualized basis. So I was sad to see that because to me, this is a this is where the government, the federal government might be a little bit short sighted on the fact that you know, here they are promoting the expansion of this of class 41 uh, 43.1, 43.2 of CCA to include things like hydrogen. And I think, unless I'm misreading it, renewable natural gas or biogas, but yet there are so many different types of equipment that can run on that very fuel. And so to remove it from that, the CCAs, I thought, well, why are they doing that? But um, so the I, way I interpret what you're saying is, is as long as you, you can run that equipment but it's it's the fuel that's the issue not the not the not the equipment isn't that right well so they're so yes it's the fuel but they're they're taking it away the cca from what i understand again from combined cycle systems so the equipment itself they're not they're not allowing that under an accelerated cca i thought you said if if the fuel was over 25 percent Yes, that's correct. If it's if it's so if if for more than one so for equipment that is using more than one quarter of the total fuel energy input from fossil fuels. Right. So if you run a CHP on renewable natural gas, you still qualify. Correct. But the the problem is we're in this the middle of this transition, right? Uh Where from you know when you think about technology and where it is today and where cost of natural gas is, fossil fuel natural gas in comparison with RNG and hydrogen. You know, as carbon tax continues with, you know, based on fossil fuel to go up, there is going to be that inception point where hydrogen and renewable natural gas start to decline. And then you kind of wonder, so now this might take away from some people investing in that, perhaps. Well, um, yeah, it's interesting. I think that some of the reading I've done on it implies that the uh, it's it, it that comes into effect in 2024. So there is a bit of a transitionary mm-hmm. period uh, to allow for that. Um but yeah, it's it's unfortunate. I think it's it. it I mean, th- this is as my mother used to say. You've heard me say it before. We need those on the extremes to move the middle. And so I think this this budget in in, in a whole is extreme. And so it's it's intended to move us away from from fossil generation. So, but yeah. it is for our space in energy, the the accelerated depreciation, taking that and 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 depreciating it early on in the life cycle of the asset. Uh, when money's more valuable is is a really key benefit. And so to apply that to more technologies, that's pretty cool. Um, so yeah. what are some other things there? The green bonds, I think. Yeah, there's green bonds, $5 billion in the current fiscal year to fund infrastructure. So clean tech and conservation projects was another one. I wonder how, I mean, I wonder how they're going to roll that out in terms of, you know, how do you get access to that? Um you know, does that does that imply like who owns the assets? Is it still is it public private partnership? I mean, that's the problem with some of these budgets, right? It takes it takes a while to get the details, and then yes. you know, does the does the thing get dragged down and, and and caught in the details? We'll have to we'll have to see, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, obviously, there's there's just not enough information for us to kind of really know how you know we're going to be affected, or other people in general, or just the industry will be affected because it's um, there's just not a, enough detail there at all. Yeah. Um, by the way, you're. Uh, oh. Maybe oh, that's interesting. I don't. Closer. I don't know why. Now, okay. any better? A little bit, yeah, because you're farther away. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Very weird. Maybe it's something to do with my camera or the recording today. Um, the next one is $4.4 billion uh, to provide homeowners and landlords with interest-free loans of $40,000 for deep home retrofits. So those are those projects that include insulation or energy-efficient furnaces, water tanks, solar panels, new windows, um, things like that. Um, I think that's uh, you know kind of neat. Um, is there anything... Is there anything, Lisa, in terms of investment and innovation? Like, um, because it, you know, particularly technology innovation and technology development, is that in there at all? Yes, it is. And I read it yesterday, and I'm going to see if I can find it quickly. Uh, so, so the 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 title that at least we have from this our Sussex report is Center for Innovation and Clean Energy. So it looks like the government will, in partnership with the government of British Columbia, provide up to $35 million to help establish the Center for Innovation and Clean Energy to advance the scale-up and commercialization of clean technologies in BC and across Canada. So that that's is that maybe the, the line you were thinking about? Yeah, I just, I, you know, I think whenever we can drive innovation and technology development, uh, you know, I think that's a real, uh, a real it's, it's one thing to facilitate projects, and that's important. But if we can facilitate technology that can take a step function change in, in what we're doing, like 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 the CCUS, like carbon capture, uh, but you know what? How do we how do we have breakthroughs in in electrolysis technology for hydrogen? How do we have breakthroughs in in solar PV or or whatever? Right? That's that's you know if we if we can be at the leading edge of that as Canadians, then then there's an export opportunity too, right? That's right. So. Cool. That's right. any, any other uh, kind of last highlights before we uh, get to the um, The other one here has to do with wetlands, so I'll skip over that one. Um, this is kind of related, kind of not, but I'll, 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 I'll put it out there again. So $3.4 billion over the next five years to protect more of Canada's land and oceans in order to achieve the government's goal of placing 25% of it under official conservation by 2025. So oh. protecting our green lands, essentially. Cool, cool. Well, it'll. I, I mean, the it'll, the stuff will cascade down, right? And it'll be interesting to see what the you know what the details are, how they roll out into programs. Um, part of me is skeptical because you know, uh, how do we get this into real projects? How do we get this? You know, are there going to be so many barriers and so much red tape that you know projects aren't going to yeah. happen? I hope not. I mean, I know it's I know it's hard to give away money freely, but um, we'll see. Yeah, I'd love to see. Uh, I mean, I'm sure, you know, over the coming weeks or months, we'll kind of see more of a point form list to kind of understand for ourselves how we can get involved and how our clients can get involved. But uh, yeah, there's still lots to dig into here. That's for sure. Cool. Well, let's bring uh, our uh, our Mark Charbonneau in for our face off. Mark, are you there? I'm here. All right. What do you got for us today? Well, today on our face-off segment, um, the topic will be, is Canada doing the right thing by spending itself out of the COVID uh, recession? Um, and what I'll do is I'll flip a coin. I've got right my on. quarter here. <laughs> See it? And I'll, I'll, allow, I'll, I'll allow the- who's on, who's on the back of that quarter? Who's on the back of it? Queen Elizabeth. We're recording this the day after her 95th birthday. So happy birthday to the queen. Oh, okay. Excellent. <laughs> All right, so I'll allow Lisa to call it in the air, so you can go heads or tails. If you if you uh, you know guess correctly, you get to choose whether you take the pro or the con side. All right. All right, sounds all good. Right. Here we go. Heads. It is tails. Oh, okay. okay. So that means uh, uh, Matt, Matt, you get to choose. Yeah, you get to choose what you want. I will choose 
and I'm just going to jump right in. I will choose that Canada is not doing the right thing, uh, spending their way out of the. Um, yeah, I'm. Uh, I, I think. I think the first of all, I think the economy uh, and the indications are that the economy will rebound just fine on its own. Thank you very much. Uh, as we come out of this, I think there's a lot of pent up demand. Uh, I know there's a pent up demand in my house to go to Florida, as an example. So and that doesn't help the Canadian economy necessarily. But, um, you know, I think there's pent up demand that will drive, you know, a lot of interesting things. Uh, and, and I really, as I've said before, and I said earlier in this roundtable, I, I don't think that um, you know, the government is in the, in the best place to, you know, really invest a, and create, you know, multipliers and returns. And, and I think that, you know, they're going to be cumbersome in their rollout. I think they're going to be, um, you know, they're going to be slow to move and, and they may or may not align with where industry is going. Um, I, I like the, the tax credit one that we talked about for, for carbon capture. I think that's exciting. I don't know if that's not really spending, I don't think. Um, but so I think that may drive some behavior, but just to kind of spend and to, you know, give money away and try to, you know, this, this notion that if the government can just print money and, and invest, and then the economy will take off on its own. I know there's some macroeconomic theory around if you, as long as the, the, uh, if it's cheap money and the economy grows faster than the, the interest rate on the money, it makes sense. Um, but I'm, call me a bit more of a small government kind of guy. I, I just, I don't think it's the right thing to do because the economy is going to recover halfway on their own. Um, but Lisa, I'm 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 open to your uh, theory that they are doing the right thing as Canadians. <laughs> All right, so I'll take the other stance. I'll try to do this in two minutes. Um, so I think that it's you know it's important to be thinking about the three main elements in terms of how you get out of a recession or debt in the first place. So one of them is. You know, you can tamper spending, which might be a little bit challenging when you're talking about government companies or even an individual for that from that perspective, because uh, you have fixed costs. You know, if we're Mark, you got a mortgage and well, you don't have daycare, but, uh, you know, you've got costs, you've got fixed costs you can't change. Then you have, um, you know, possibly a, an increase in revenue. You could get another job, make more money, but maybe a little bit hard to do in the case of, uh, you know, a pandemic. Um, and then from a government's perspective or lens to increase taxes right now, mm, probably not the best idea. Um, then you can take on more debt. And I think, um, you know, in this particular case, um, you know, debt is not always a bad thing. You might have a $30,000 credit card debt if you're smart with the debt and you go to a line of credit and you take that that money and you pay off your credit card because it's got a lower interest rate on it. You might actually get further ahead, so it's it's short-term pain for long-term gain. So when we talk about the debt, I think the reality is the burden on the debt right now is low because interest rates are low, um, and uh, you know they've been at one of their lowest points in history. And so I think it's it's a great opportunity to embrace this kind of global transformation that we're going through to green and clean the economy. I think it'll give marginalized people such as women who have had to leave the workforce and, um, you know, who have had to take care of their families uh, a chance to get back at their, uh, you know, into their careers. It allows small businesses to rebuild themselves so that, you know, you and I can visit our favorite restaurants again. And maybe even more importantly, it sets it gets the nearly 300,000 Canadians that had jobs before the pandemic back to work. So if the debt is a little bit like food feeding, feeding a hamster, and every time you feed the hamster, you get that wheel turning and you get that momentum going, I think that's what's really needed 
to grow our way out of this pandemic. And um, basically, uh, you know, like we did post-war period of the, the 1950s. You had me, Lisa, until you dropped a pet analogy. In <laughs> and, and then, as you know, and Mark, I know you're a, I think you have a dog. I know you're yeah, a big, you're a big advocate. And I love that. <laughs> Everybody needs a cause. I think you're very noble about it, Mark. Uh, but for me, the pet, you've lost me on the pet analogy. Lisa. I lost you on the hamster. Oh. You lost me on the hamster. And, and I, I, I love, I love the, you know, to be clear, I like the, the notion of, of, you know, some kind of, you know, Get, getting to a, an equal playing field, you know, the fact that women have been adversely affected by the, that sucks. I hate it. How do we fix that? I, I, I struggle with the debt piece. Um, you know, if you take people who now are coming into the market, buying houses at, you know, well beyond, I think what their means are and very low interest rates, interest rates can only go up. Right. And that's a risk. And so, you know, when you spend too much, I think you expose yourself to some of that risk. Right. So, uh, and and you know the other thing I, I struggle with with federal spending is there's no there's no consequences right like you know these people can just print money and write checks and um, you know that they're you know that'll get them through the next election and then by the the next election when you know everybody will forget so um, only time will tell but uh, anyways you can have one last rebuttal since I uh, tore you up on that. <laughs> <clears throat> Well, I think the reality is it's really like it's easy to think about it from a uh, a personal perspective. It's really easy to think about it from I wouldn't even see easy. It's a little bit harder from a company perspective. But then if you if you take it from a, you know, with the lens of a, you know, looking through a government lens, it's just so much more complicated. So there's so many aspects to this fund, this funding or the spending in terms of pros and cons, um, you, you know, you just. It's really hard to know what the right answer is to, to, you know, and the right, you know, what, what you, we should be doing. Yeah. Yeah. Mark, we've got a winner. Well, uh, this was a tough choice, but I would have to agree more so with Matt's, um, uh, argument only (laughs) like, I, I just think that, um, the, you know, the people will probably bring us back out of the recession sooner than the government will. And um, I think that once this is all over, people will be willing to spend their money uh, and, uh, you know, sort of even it out a little bit, I guess. Ugh, no, there we go. There's the real, the real winner. Personal opinion versus uh, looking at this through a neutral lens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I see myself in the mirror. I have to keep my poker face with these glasses because yeah. it's a tough, it's a yeah. tough decision. Yeah. yeah. It's not Daniel Toronto. Who's the poker player that wears that? Um, there's a couple of them actually. I, but I oh, have to say, Phil Helmuth. Phil Helmuth, that's that, it. Yeah. That was surprised that I that that he won that one. I saw his face there. He yeah. thought I was going to win it. Really? I, was, I thought you. I thought you won that one, Lisa. Quite frankly. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it was that. It, it was good. It was good. So. Um, well, Mark, thank you. Great question as always. Lisa, great article of the federal budget. Uh, we'll, we'll continue to watch it closely on all of our different uh, forums. Uh, to our listeners, thank you. And uh, until uh, next Energy Roundtable, stay safe and have fun. Thank you both. Thanks, Bye. guys. Bye-bye. Bye.